it's truly not the equipment you record on that makes a podcast special. What makes a podcast special is the stories you're able to tell and people's connection to those stories. You're listening to the Mental Health Download, the podcast from the Mental Health Association. I'm Matthew Gleason. <laughs> You're not Matthew Gleason. I'm Matthew Gleason. No, I'm he- Matthew Gleason. <laughs> I am Matthew Gleason. <laughs> okay, so yes, uh, I am the real Matthew Gleason, and you are, in fact, listening to the Mental Health Download from the nonprofit Mental Health Association, Oklahoma. On today's episode, our guest is Jesse Ulrich of Podcasts for Good. It helps and teaches organizations and nonprofits how to produce their own podcasts. Jesse also has a podcast of his own called Pod for Good. You could hear it on all your favorite podcast listening apps. So the reason we asked Jesse to come on the show today is to have a fun conversation about the power of podcasts to share a nonprofit's work with the community. Plus, we're going to offer some of our best tips on how to start and grow a podcast. And for all those podcast tips, you can read our blog found online at mhaok.org forward slash podcast. Or you can just click the link in this episode's show notes. Okay. Let's get started. The mental health download starts now. All right, Jesse. So speak to those nonprofits who may be on the fence about starting a podcast of their own. I started Podcast for Good, which is the company's name, and Pod for Good, which is the company's podcast, because I've spent the last 15 years working for nonprofits, working with passionate people who are focused on fixing or working on a specific problem that they care about. And one of the things I noticed in the difference between the nonprofit world and, say, the corporate world is that it is not an industry that people who are natural marketers necessarily go into. And nonprofits seem to sometimes not have the time to tell the amazing stories about the work they do, why they do it, and about the people they're helping in a way that I think would be beneficial to them. On top of that, in those same and then that same 15-year span, I fell in love with podcasts. Just in I just enjoyed them. I enjoy them as a medium. I enjoy how personal they are. These people are in your ears. You know, they become your friends. And I just sort of had a eureka moment at one point when I thought someone needs to help nonprofits use podcasting to make it easier for these companies and these organizations to tell their stories so that more people are involved. Because I believe if someone hears about a problem, they want to help with that problem. And it's just about getting the word out. And podcasts are a very easy way to sort of build community around both either an idea or a group of people. So podcasting, what's great about podcasting is that and I wish people could sort of see us as we're recording this, is there's a multitude of ways to record a podcast. Some can be incredibly easy. Some are a little more complicated. And one of the reasons I wanted to, and why I did start Podcast for Good, was I wanted to use the skills I self-taught myself on how to edit and produce and host a podcast to help those organizations do it themselves. They don't even have to buy the equipment. They can just use mine. Instead of having to lay out $500 to $1,000, they can pay me a small amount and I will come with my quasi-portable studio to them and let them use it. But even if they didn't want to pay me, all they need is a like a Blue Yeti microphone and a computer. And How a much room. is a Blue Yeti microphone? Blue Yeti microphones run, depending on if they're on sale, uh, anywhere from $75 to $130. You can get those on uh, any of the online 
retailers. I'm not going to mention any specific ones because we all want sponsorships. So sure. <laughs> they they should have to pay us to say their name. But anywhere, you know what? I'll give Best Buy some some business. <laughs> Best Buy sells the Blue Yeti microphone. Please go buy things at Best Buy. They really need it. Um, I'm actually uh, using a Blue Yeti mic right now. So Blue Yeti should be sending some some cash our way. Yeah. Jesse. No, um, def- definitely. They, I mean, they are. It's the it's the starting podcast microphone of choice yes. because it can what it can do for the nonprofit executive directors or CEOs who are listening you can set it to record sort of in two different directions so you can just put it in the middle of the table and it and if two people are facing each other it will record both of them and i've recorded podcasts doing that and they sound just fine you, you can also spend $1000 buying the stuff i've bought you become a, a microphone nerd in mm-hmm. in the process of starting a podcast but it's truly not the equipment you record on that makes a podcast special. What makes a podcast special is the stories you're able to tell and people's connection to those stories. There's a reason why certain podcasts take off the way they do. Either they are telling, they're telling a sort of true story, right? Like a serial type of podcast or a This American Life style podcast, which again, it's really just a radio show that records itself and releases it digitally. That's how podcasts started. But This American Life tells you a story per episode, but it's an engaging, emotional, connected story. And we have so many organizations here in Tulsa and in Oklahoma who are doing amazing work dealing with foster parents and and foster children, sex trafficking, domestic abuse, homelessness, childhood education and wellness so many things where the stories the stories are there just naturally and it's just finding the small amount of time to bring in someone to just talk about their story what other tips would you give to nonprofits who are wanting to you know you said blue yeti mic and a computer as simple as that right i mean and then what about editing what are some of the options there so editing ed- i'm not going to lie editing editing is hard you know, you can either put a lot of work into your podcast before you record, so you don't have to do as much editing, but that'll probably end up taking you more time than it would to just learn how to do some basic edits in a free program like Audacity, which up until the last six months was the program I used for like a decade. I've I've finally switched to the professional's podcast editing software, Adobe Audition, which mm-hmm. offers a lot more tricks and tools, but is much more complicated to use. You know, and here's the thing. Most of the podcasts I listen to, they're less edited than they are produced in the sense that they don't cut out every um or peepop as they're called or <laughs> mouth snaps. They leave those in, but you can tell that they've decided like, okay, this was a section. I'm going to put some transition music here that leads to the other section. Instead of spending three times the amount of the episode to listen to it and get rid of all of the verbal tics people have. Don't let the fear of editing stop you from starting a podcast. And also, uh, there are websites like Fiverr and all those places where you can find someone to edit your podcast for much less than they should be charging, I should say, as a podcast editor myself. But, you know, there's ways of doing it cheaply. And again, if you're able to throw some money at it, not a lot, you can have, you can outsource it. That's what's great about podcasting. There is, there are audio engineers, there are podcast hobbyists, slash careers like myself now, who will do it probably for less than they should charge, but just because they care. I like editing. I did not expect to like editing, but I do. It's fun. It is fun. For the audience, I'm about to just do, let's play around and I'll mess, in the after, you won't even hear this, but um, I'm just going to do a long um.
See, you didn't even hear that. There was a space there. I was saying, mm, it's gone now. I have, I, it is magic. I have, um, <laughs> I, I too love editing. I don't know why it's, I find it relaxing and fun and I'm a big dork and I like those sort of things. I do take out all the ums and the spaces and I mess with audio and I like putting music on stuff. And I basically Christy Sturgill, who's our director of marketing and I, we, we just, she taught me what she knew. And then I kind of learned everything else that I needed to know. And honestly, I'm, if, if I can do it, you can do it audience. Trust me. And, and, you know, like Jesse said, I've come across different podcasters and we all do it differently. Andy Moore of the let's pod this podcast in Oklahoma city. And Andy has a really nice setup. Um, he's also put about a thousand dollars into his, his setup. But at the end of it, he said, you know, uh, I was really obsessed with editing everything out and making it sound perfect. And someone said, look, what matters is what you're saying. You know, like people are going to, they're, they're going to put up with, or they probably won't even notice the ums and the spaces and the, maybe the things that editing dorks like us would take out. As long as you are saying fascinating, interesting things with passion, I think you can, you can get away with a lot, you know? I just, I prefer not to because I'm a dork. Um, well, I, and for me, I spend more time editing my guests than I do myself because they yeah. can't, they're giving me their time and I want right. them to sound, I want them to sound like the best version of themselves. Yes. And the least I can do is when I ask them a question I didn't prepare them for, edit out the, the ums and the ands and the so's. I mean, I leave my co-hosts, uh, Chris Miller, I leave his ums in all the time. So... <laughs> Poor Chris. I know. Listen, he's on vacation in New Zealand right now, so I don't feel that bad for him. Well, that's funny you say that, Jesse, because <laughs> when I'm editing things, I spend most of the time trying to fix me because I say um a lot and I do a Shatnerian pause in between thoughts. <laughs> I I never thought. Whereas I, I could I, like I could shrink those those Shatnerian yeah. uh, pauses, and it makes me sound like uh, I know halfway what I'm doing. But yeah, I can't I can't believe it never occurred to me before. But I do that too, <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a huge Star Trek nerd. It never occurred to me to think of it as Shatnering. I guess. <laughs> But it's, you know, and the problem with Shatnering is that sometimes your tone changes in between words. So even when you cut down the sounds, it still doesn't sound right. But I can tell you, if, if someone is like trying to improve their public speaking, editing a podcast with your own voice is the best way to do oh it. Gosh. I am a better public speaker now because of the years I've spent editing my own voice. Yes. I think yeah. more before I, before I start talking, I throw less verbal tics in. I don't stretch out the beginning of words too often. I just did it a second ago, but you probably didn't notice. It's it, it's good public speaking practice. It is. You know, the the worst thing that happens in my pot for good episodes is that I spend a good like thirty seconds trying to ask my question, and then Chris cuts in because he knows what I'm trying to say and just says it. But there's no good way of editing it where it doesn't sound like I'm just being cut off and Chris is barging in. So I have to leave in my word diarrhea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or word here, here, word salad. Nice. You can use that uh, for the edit. Uh, maybe I'll leave the diarrhea in. Yeah, listen. Or know. maybe I'll take the diarrhea out. 
Put that on a loop, just me saying diarrhea over and over again. Listen, we're both laughing, and if we're going to tie this back into the Mental Health Association, yes. pod- podcasts bring joy. Yes, it like, does. I laughed on the way here listening to a podcast, and it reminded <laughs> me how much happier my life is because I'm not just listening to whatever inane music is currently on the radio. Yeah. I haven't listened to the radio for more than like five minutes in a decade, and my life is better <laughs> for it. And I think the reason that we do this podcast is one, to educate, but also there is a lot of entertainment in in what we're doing. And we want people to feel a part of the show and to feel like they're a part of our big family and to maybe feel less alone dealing with some of the symptoms of mental illness that they may be facing or that a loved one's facing or just how I think a lot of times people feel so powerless against homelessness and a lot of the criminal justice system that just uh, a lot of times you in the car when you're listening to a podcast, if you can feel the frustration that the host is feeling as they're interviewing somebody about just our horrible, horrible way that we incarcerate people rather than getting them to treatment, you feel less alone and you feel a part of the cause and you hopefully will have calls to action that can, you know, make you feel and make and and will in fact make a difference. So I think that's the real power in in podcasts like these. Okay, Jesse, so let's talk about your podcast. Let's talk about some of your favorite episodes so far. Well, so the episode where actually I don't know when this episode's going to air or be released air like we're on TV. <laughs> I interviewed a couple weeks ago the Tulsa Arts fellow writer and poet uh Koresh Ali Lansana who is part of the Tri-City Collective, who's doing these Real Talk series, talking about complicated issues and trying to get people who are on both sides of it to sort of calmly, rationally have a conversation with each other, as well as some pop culture things where they're, the Tri-City Collective and Circle Cinema are doing a thing where they're taking like a film, for example, 1917, and they're going to have people reading both poetry from the time, from World War One, and also poetry that poets here in town have written having already seen 1917. And that really brings in together all the things I love, which is sort of responding to pop culture using other other artistic forms. And so uh, that interview was really, really, really good because he's a very fascinating guy. Mm-hmm. And it was just a really good intellectual conversation. Here's the thing. That will have been our seventh episode. Mm-hmm. Our first six episodes usually involved someone I knew who I, I would say was a friend. And mm-hmm. so I don't want to say one over the other to upset them. But what I've enjoyed the most about doing this is even people I know socially who I've interacted with is hearing them talk about why why they show up every day. Why do they care so much about the thing they're working on? Because sometimes in the day-to-day, you don't actually get to hear from the people you're working with why they care so much what gets them up in the morning as a deep sleeper i can tell you very few things get me up in the morning <laughs> i'm not a morning person so i've never understood that i've never understood that statement and i never will but i i, I keep using it <laughs> really it's what keeps me what keeps me working late at night is what i care about yeah. or what i'm willing to give up sleep for but you know we've had marcia bruno todd from leadership telsa moises echeveria from occj uh Aliyah Shimmy and Reverend Chris Moore from TMM, multiple people from Strong Tomorrows, which as a fun editing note, I 
accidentally didn't hit the record button for the first like 12 minutes and we had to do it all over again, <laughs> which was good because we were calling it Stronger Tomorrows anyway, which was incorrect. So hold on. <laughs> there we go. Okay. You can take that out. Oh, that's going in, Jesse. Okay. You leave that in. I'm- I, um, so, um, and I think that's something we need to stress. Um, I, um, I have jacked up everything doing this podcast. I have literally like anything, and I shouldn't say this because it's probably not recording right now. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't that be hilarious? <laughs> but I literally have done seemingly everything that I can do to derail this thing. Um, you know, things haven't recorded right. The mics have been, they stopped or they they had some weird technical glitch. Um, I didn't push record. Um, uh, one, uh, we had to completely re-record. She was very nice. Uh, Christy Boone, thank you so much. If you're listening, you were very cool. Um, she let us, uh, we did a, a take two. Um, <laughs> and, you know, but I was actually, and, and in talking with um, other, there's a, um, a national mental health podcast that um, I've was honored to be on and they had lost five episodes <laughs> and I just I just was like oh that must have been so horrible and they were like yeah it was horrible but I think that's something that when people are getting into podcasting you need to know <laughs> that there are going to be growing pains oh and, yes you know you just hope that your the people you're interviewing are cool and will um, have some some kindness in their heart and they'll let you re-record some stuff and you know, do a couple practice episodes first. Yes, and I think I think the best practice that I've read is like do some practice episodes and then have like six podcasts done, and then launch your podcast. We decided to go weekly just because I'm having a blast doing it, and I have gotten really fast in editing. But you know, monthly's fine. Um, you know, whatever frequency, but just have some already done ready so. There's not three months between one episode you know, yes. and people lose interest. Um, yeah, um, the, the stat I give people is there are over 700,000 podcasts on Apple Podcasts. And when I say 700,000, I don't mean like episodes, like 70,000 podcast mm-hmm. streams, podcast shows. Yeah, 41% of those, 41% don't have more than three episodes and are no longer releasing episodes. Right. It, it's a graveyard. Yeah, some of the I was sad when I went to go make this list um, for this uh, best of uh, mission related podcast in Oklahoma. I was sad because <laughs> there were some that I'd listened to. I don't know when we started this thing last year, and I really liked, and they're dead now. You know, those podcasts are dead, um, and I don't know why. Um, but the, I think that's I think a lot of it is you just you have to commit, and if you're doing it monthly. Do it every month. If you're doing it weekly, God, Godspeed. It is not easy. Um, <laughs> no, nope. that's why. That's why I chose biweekly. Yes. Right. Yeah, you're very smart. Uh, some of my other tips that I always tell people are: there is a wonderful site. I don't know what you use, but we use Anchor. It's A-N-C-H-O-R um, dot com. It's free. Um, what you do is you record your um, your podcast, however you're going to do it, and then you convert it to an MP3 and you upload it to Anchor and you throw maybe a picture on there, you give it some show notes, give it a title, and it's amazing. It like sends your podcast to 
every podcast listening app there is, including Apple. And then you can actually, we're getting super nerdy here, but you will have an RSS feed. Do you know what an RSS, do you know what RSS stands for? I used to know what RSS feed yeah, stands I've for. I've never known. But, but yeah, I know it's important. I, it's it used it's to basically yeah. yeah, you 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 explain what an RSS is. So, well, okay. I mean, I first ran into RSS feeds, RSS feeds in early news aggregators where you'd put in websites and it would it would make an RSS feed of all of the new articles that would pop up. And really RSS feeds died when Google, um, Google Reader shut down a couple of years ago. And the only place RSS feeds still live are in podcasts because an RSS feed notifies a service that a new item has showed up and the information about that item. So when you're looking at Apple Podcasts and a new episode pops up, that's because Apple checks the RSS feed every 24 hours or so. And when they see a new episode is on this feed, it pulls that information in. Yeah. And you can actually manually add that to some of the podcast listening apps that like an anchor doesn't serve to. So I've just manually taken that, that link and I've put it out there and lots of lots of nerdy work with that. Okay. We're going to wrap up now. And so, Jesse, what we do at the end of every podcast is we ask our guests to share a few parting words and then share the words of Mike Bros, which are what she shares with us at the end of every meeting, go do good things. So, Jesse, take it away, buddy. Um, I, will, I will end it the way I end every Pod for Good episode when I remember to include it, which is just get it done, Telsa. Problems are solved by those who show up. The more of us that show up, the easier it will be to fix. And say, go do good things. Go, go do good things. And say, like, and do, so, um, and this is all going to be in there because it's like, when guess you're, come on, guess, like, do what I told you to do. You know, it's so frustrating. It's like, yeah, Jesse, could you do the the thing with the go do good things? You forgot to say that. I'll give you a couple takes of it. Do it. <laughs> go do good things. Go do good things. Go do good things. What about, like, you got a British accent? Go do good things. I'm terrible at accents. but No, but you're awesome and everything else, Jesse. Thank you so much for being here with us, uh, buddy. We appreciate it. This was a delight. Okay. (laughs) Okay. That'll be something. It was a podcast that we did. (laughs) 